Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. My guest is Kim Karen from the Karen or Caon Gallery in Tupelo, Mississippi. Hello, good to see you. We're recording our show today at the Link Center in Tupelo. It is one of our creative partners at the Mississippi Arts Commission. It is a an old church facility uh, that is home to the North Mississippi Symphony, to artists, working artists, uh, to the, uh, I guess, is it the Tupelo Arts Council or I'm not sure what they call themselves, but there's an, a group of artists and uh, creatives who operate out of here. I think even the Boy Scouts, maybe. Yeah, uh, I know the Tupelo Ballet. The ballet is here, and they yeah. have they're part of that council. Um, gosh, I'm not. But anyway, there's a lot of different. It's agencies a great building. Here. It's hard uh, to keep it all keep up with it all. Great uh, facility uh, here in Tupelo, but uh, Kim, tell us a little bit about. Uh, your space in downtown Tupelo, your gallery. Uh, you know, often on the show we we have artists and musicians, but sometimes we have uh, people who have creative businesses, and that's what we think about when we think about an art gallery. Yeah. Well, we opened about ten years ago, right after the economy tanked, and I uh, decided that if we could get started in Tupelo um, at the bottom of the economy, then we might be able to survive. And I had wow. a lot of naysayers, a lot of doubters, because yeah. a, a gallery had never survived in Tupelo more than a year. Really? So um, I worked on a website for about you know six months or so, and um, wanted to focus on just Mississippi artists. I feel like that was a niche for us to um, jump onto, grow, develop, and provide a platform for Mississippi's most talented artists. I think they're the most talented in the country and um with being the smallest state the ones who have smaller voices i thought that we would be um a great way to um set up that platform for them so it's been a long 10 years good days bad days good months congratulations bad months. <laughs> you know any small business uh particularly creative small business that that makes 10 years is a Quite a quite a notable yeah. uh, occasion. So congratulations. Yeah. Some days we didn't know if we would make it ten years. I understand. <laughs> or another day. So yeah. you've moved around. You haven't always been at your current location, which right. is what? What is your current location? Our current location is one twenty six West Main Street, downtown mm-hmm. Tupelo, uh, between Kermit's Outlaw Kitchen and uh, Amsterdam Deli, who's a new restaurant downtown, cross street from Reeds, and just down the block from the iconic Tupelo Hardware. What, what you know? What a, what a creative place to be right yeah, there in the yeah. heart of Tupelo. But the third spot on the same block. So you've just moved around the same block. Just moved around. Uh, we started in an old bank that was on the other side of Kermit's, and um, we had to beg them to rent the space to us. Wow. Because they, they just didn't think a gallery would last? Well, I think she wanted to sell it. She wanted oh. to sell it, and the economy was, you know— struggling and she wanted the money for it and um i just called her and i said can we talk mm-hmm. can you meet with me and we and talking to a woman bus- business owner yeah to and another me being a brand new business owner hoping to be a business owner i was like can you just give us a year can you just give me a year 
and let's just see what happens. And I promise I'll take care of your building. And uh, and it was old bank, then an insurance office, and uh, it was kind of rough. It was it was pretty rough. Who was your first artist that you represented? Oh gosh, um, now I can I'm, I can even think about it. I know um, Cindy Ani was one of our new, our first artists. Uh, Lee Gibson was one of our first artists. Um, oh goodness, I was so worried about finding artists, and my um, website developer said, "You get a few people." And then you create a Facebook page right. and you'll be amazed. They'll come knocking. And it within a month, people were knocking. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, how they find me. <laughs> but there was just there was nothing in North Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Oxford, Southside, sure. of course. But in Tupelo, there just wasn't um, a gallery providing any art. And artists were were searching for spaces. Besides the artist, where does uh, where does your clientele come from? The people who come and shop in your right. in your gallery. Well, where do we they have come from? you know obviously we have the Tupelo community, Lee County, the the counties around us. Um, I'm going to Oxford this afternoon to deliver and install some art, but we've shipped art all over the country and uh, to Europe. Uh, we used to have a collector. Um, oh, let me think where what country it was. But anyway, he was a big fan of Elvis, mm-hmm. and Elaine Goodman yeah. made you know iconic, uh, crazy, fun sure. images um, outside of Elvis. Outside art, yes. And uh, so every time I had a shipment, I would um, or I go I'd go to her studio. You, she wouldn't bring it up here, so I'd go down to Columbus and gather up stuff from her, and always made sure I thought about him. Got some Elvis pieces. Yeah, got Elvis pieces. Took photos of it, emailed it to him, and he would pick what he wanted, and I'd box it up and probably. It, it got there in one piece. How much of your business today is uh, walk-in <clears throat> uh, traffic versus uh, internet or? Well, online? we we do have. The, I would say the local is thirty to fifty percent of our business, and then our website's probably um, about twenty percent of our business, mm. and then social media um, is probably another twenty percent of our business. So, um, and social media really helps reinforce. Our local sales and reinforce our website sales. Social media is amazing. It's frustrating mm-hmm. to keep up with it because it could totally consume all Takes day, every day. That's right. But it, it allows us to reach people outside our region, outside our community here. And that to me, that's exciting. Today on the Arts Hour, I'm talking with Kim Karen, who is the owner-operator of the Karen Gallery in downtown Tupelo, Mississippi. We're actually recording our show uh, today at the Link Center in Tupelo as well, a very creative uh, public space uh, here in Tupelo. And Kim, we're glad you're here, and uh, we're speaking uh, about your gallery. Before the gallery, you said this was your first business, so what did you do prior to the gallery? I stayed home with my kids for 15 years. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so it was very scary to go back out. And work again. I had worked, um, you know, when I got out of college, I worked at Reed's, um, the retail store, for a few years. And I went and um, then went to the hospital, North Mississippi Health Services, and worked in their um, business, um, business, you know, business services. Right. Center for Business Health is what it was called. Of course, it's all, you know, something else now. now. Yeah. But I worked there for a few years, got married, had a couple kids, and uh, decided I needed to stay home and manage them and um so my husband was kind enough to let me stay home for a while 
And then when the kids started driving, I thought, not staying here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Time to do something else. Yeah, yeah. And and how did you come to uh, to think about opening an art gallery? Well, my husband and I had over the years collected art from uh-huh. festivals or in our travels, um, all different kinds. I mean, we have a wide, crazy collection of art, and um, some of it's most of it's fairly inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a few pieces that we've. We had to wait on and, and, you know, squirrel away some money for it. But um, we were just, that was one of our things that we enjoyed together. I got you. And um, just loved it. And I just thought, you know, we've got some creative people here. I know there's some artists and that would just be something different, something people didn't have. You know, why not try something and see what happens? And did you grow up in Tupelo? I moved here when I was 10. Mm-hmm. So I'm not originally from Tupelo, right. but um, my dad was with the furniture industry, and so when they moved him here, we all came, and um, never thought I'd come back to Tupelo after college, but So you went away to college? Now, Where'd you go to college? Uh, Mississippi State. Oh, okay. Yes, my family's the other side, so uh, we, we struggle with that, but... What'd you study at State? I have a degree in marketing. Okay, so that worked out nicely for the guy. Yeah, yeah, and I took some electives in the art department. Have you ever... Uh, done done any painting or made art yourself? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> well, I I want to take some photography classes mm-hmm. at State because I got to my junior year and had not taken any electives. And so I went over there and I said, well, I want to take this class. And they're like, well, you have to have art one and two. Oh, boy. And I was like, what? And like, <laughs> I said, I just want to take this class. And I said, no, it's a prerequisite for this. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I took art one and two, and the professors kind of looked at me like, why are you here? <laughs> it's like, there's a reason. Let me just just pass me <laughs> so I can take the photography classes, I promise. But they were re- really nice. They were encouraging, and they didn't look down upon me as a business major, right. not in the art world. And um, they were very kind and really encouraging. And so I took those classes. I passed, and I think maybe one of them I made an A. All right. Now, what is yeah. art one and two? Is that is that uh, art appreciation, or is that no, elements I, of art? Or what? I think the first, art one was like um, just color and, um, and composition, design. Composition, yeah. Like that, yeah. And then art two was drawing, so I had to have a sketchbook. And turn in a sketchbook every um, every few weeks. And, and then you got to take your photography class. And then photography. And tell me about your photography classes that you worked so hard to get to take. I know. It was so fun. Um, it was hard, too. But getting into the um, the dark room and develop those, that's back in the day when yeah. we didn't use gloves to develop the black and white. Oh, yeah. Them. Yeah. So hopefully I don't have some kind of <laughs> diseases. <laughs> your hands look fine. <laughs> yeah, they do. I don't know about anything else. But... Um, you know, it was it was so amazing to see things just all of a sudden appear on that paper. Yeah, it's very magical. Oh, um, gosh. And so it, I was hooked, so hooked. So I took, um, I don't know, two, three, whatever was offered. I took whatever uh, we could. I, I'm trying to think of the 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 professor, and I think she's still there. Wow. Because I've okay. asked some other kids about her that have been there. But, um, you know, she's taking a four-by-six. She had a four-by-six um Camera. Yes, whatever. camera. I can't think what they're really called. Well, and we would drag it out to um, the parks and 
it was not many people in the class back then. I don't know how, how the department is now, how big mm. the class is, but I know that our department probably needs some funding like everyone else. So are you continuing to take photographs? Are you an Instagrammer or you, uh, do you well, shoot a lot of... I don't. You know, when we got really busy, I just thought the main focus of the gallery needs to be the other artist. I just right. wasn't as, talent, as talented as they <laughs> were. And everyone likes to be a hobby photographer, and um, sure. there's um, some who are much better than others and some who are, who are really, truly um, real artists. Amazing. So do you, you know? represent any photographers now? I don't presently. You know, when I first started, everybody wanted a painting on canvas. Right. And they didn't want anything under glass. So watercolor didn't sell. Photography didn't sell. Um, just in the past year th- is things under glass selling. So that's been good to see that. Because watercolor is one of my favorite mediums. And uh, to see that finally progress. Um, I've seen good photographers in other communities, how they're, you know, in other galleries, uh-huh. how they're building that up. But it's been um, been tough to try to decide about reintroducing it well, in the Mr. gallery. You, you've been at it 10 years. You, you've you got plenty of time to evolve if you want to start representing <laughs> some photographers. I hope so one day. I uh-huh. hope so because... Um, I think that, you know, everyone can say that, well, I've got a camera on my phone and these new phones, I mean, are great. But um, there is something to say about a truly artistic photographer. Absolutely. And there are many of those in Mississippi as well. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. Hope you are enjoying your Sunday afternoon, doing whatever you're doing, and uh, living life freely in Mississippi. My guest today is Kim Karen, and Kim owns and operates a gallery in downtown Tupelo, Mississippi, called the Karen Gallery, or in the French would say a Caron <laughs> Gallery, um, the Caron Gallery. Uh, and you're celebrating 10 years of yes. owning an art gallery in downtown Tupelo. That's right. quite a feat. It is because, like I said earlier, um, there were many a naysayer. Um, well, they didn't say it to me until after <laughs> it had been open for a couple of years. And they're like, I didn't think you'd last a year. And so we'll be uh, 10 years in April. We'll launch our, we had launched our website. And then um, in August, mid-August in 2010, we opened up the gallery. So earlier we were talking about the gallery moving around downtown Tupelo, and I mean many small businesses do this. Did you move uh, 
primarily because you needed more space, which is a very positive thing, or right, did you move right. just because the lease ran out and it was time to go somewhere else? Well, it was a couple couple um, couple of reasons. The first time we moved, we needed bigger space. Our walls were only like eight feet tall. It was a bunch of chopped up rooms. They didn't want us doing any renovation to it. And uh, down the street, somebody was renovating an old building, and they approached us like, "Would you be interested in moving down here?" And um, so we just talked and came up with a reasonable amount of rent. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we moved down there. So by the time that we moved there, we had added the custom framing. So we had to move all that equipment plus all the art to the new space. And so we lasted there. Let's see, our first spot was three years. The next spot was um, whatever, seven years, five years, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, we were there for a while. And um, then the building we were in, um, some previous owner had knocked down some brick walls in between the two buildings. Oh, okay. And, um, so you had a structural issue. Structural issue. Oh, and they fun. wanted to re- renovate the upstairs because another tenant wanted to move in upstairs right and so they were going to have to put support beams in the middle and they wanted me to close for about two months and i was like i can't that would kill my business sure i can't i can't survive that way so the people next door were moving out so they moved out they cleaned it up made a couple of renovations for us and we moved next door great you've been there for so been there a little over a year, year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Now, you're in a very interesting location in downtown Tupelo. We mentioned it earlier that you're across the street from Reed's uh, department store, which is a historic place. When I was right. a kid growing up in Boonville, we came to Reed's to shop for clothes and lots mm-hmm. of other things. They have the great bookstore there. Right, right. Now, I forget the name of it. but it's Reed's Gumtree Bookstore. Reed's Gumtree. Now, the Gumtree thing, there's also the Gumtree Festival and the Gumtree uh gallery i mean museum. i mean museum of right. art here right. um so i guess gum tree relates to the tupelo gum tupelo, is that right? yeah there's a tupelo gum tree and supposedly tupelo is named after that specific gum tree right right yeah. uh but but in the same location that you're in uh is the famous uh tupelo hardware store where one elvis presley uh w- purchased his first guitar and I would also imagine that you get a lot of tourist visitors right. into this location. Is that do you see a lot of sort of walk-in tourists who are sort mm-hmm. of on the Elvis Elvis pilgrimage and they end up well, coming into your shop? Yeah, you know, we get a combination of tourists. We do we have the people who come on the bus. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're they're they have saved and saved to make this trek to the United States. A lot of times it's European and um uh, a lot of London, mm-hmm. uh, England um, tourists. So, oh, and a lot of Oriental, um, Asian um, tourists that will will come. So we have a, such a mix of people that come. Um, so these on buses that bus. are, are primarily going to the birthplace. They're going to the birthplace, going to the hardware, and they are headed to Memphis. Okay. Or they've left Memphis and they're headed here, and then they're going on to Nashville, or they're going to New Orleans. You know, they're it's they, a music. Based tour, right? Bus tour, right? Exactly, and so, um, so that's one type of um, tourist that we get, and usually, we may get one person out of that bus that may stop because yeah. they're so focused on Elvis. I mean, total focus. I understand. <laughs> but then we have people who come in their own cars and have always wanted to see Graceland, the birthplace, and the hardware store, and those that are really 
those are the type that will get out of their cars and spend the day in Tupelo, or at least a half a day. Eat lunch. Eat lunch. Go to Reed's. Check out, yeah, check out Reed's. I mean, there's lots of, now, you know, in the past 10 years since I've been there, the downtown has grown so sure much. Has. It's been amazing to see the renovations that have happened. New, new retailers and restaurants open and come in and help support even more. You know, the more that's there, the more that want to come. And so... Um, so they'll spend a good half day, and they'll see the Natchez Trace and go to the Visitor Center. So there's a lot of elements that they can do while they're in Tupelo, not just um, seeing Elvis. And so they, they do their, their homework, and the CVB, uh, Tupelo CVB, does a good job in educating visitors about that. And then the other tourists that we get, which is the most interesting, I think, is the snowbirds. The snowbirds. Oh, okay. They trek from the beach, and they take their time going home. Because their hope they their lease runs out. Most of their leases run out end of February, end of March. Okay. And the end of March is like crazy traffic. Because I have oh. a Canadian family member who who is a snowbird that travels yeah. from um, Florida from to see Florida us for the month of Canada. April. Uh-huh. So they said they never will leave the last day of March again. But a lot of people want to avoid Atlanta, so they'll come through Tupelo. They'll come up more through Alabama and Tupelo, go to Chicago, and maybe they go to Michigan or Minnesota and that kind of stuff. So the, so the snowbirds so, are not just Canadian. They're also uh, American. Yeah, North Americans. Americans who live in mm-hmm. the Northeast. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so they'll make this way so they can avoid some of the traffic. Gotcha. And they've done it so much. So you've they're become looking. the alternative route for the snowbirds. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Maybe I've, the scenic route, as it were. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. I think they're, they're looking for a different way because they've driven it so many times. And they'll look for art galleries as they go, and they'll stop in them. And we 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 get them as a customer, and they continue to be a customer. It's been great. My guest today is Kim Karen from the Karen Gallery in downtown Tupelo, Mississippi. We're talking about her business celebrating ten years uh, in April. I believe you said website ten years in April and the storefront in August. So before you had the storefront, you had the website. Yes, yes. I thought that was one of the most important things for us to do, um, especially if I wanted to sell art beyond the county line, Mm -hmm. is to have that website so people could find us on the Internet and see the talents and and purchase online. Why don't you share that website with us at this juncture of our conversation? TheKarenGallery.com. T-H-E-C-A-R-O-N-G-A-L-L-E-R-Y.com. And you've had the same uh, address for all of these years. All these years, yes, yes. So you represent primarily Mississippi artists, I believe. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So they have to have a Mississippi Mississippi connection. Uh So they had to either be born and raised here, had gone to um, a Mississippi university, college, spent, spent some time here. Or um, they're living here now. Okay. So they've got to have a connection. Now, you know, every now and then someone will call and say, well, you know, my best friend lives in Mississippi. It's like, well, I mean, have you been influenced by Mississippi? Right. I mean, have you really been influenced by Mississippi? And to be influenced by Mississippi, you got to be amongst us. And um, and I think that just makes a difference. You can see it. You really can see it. And the price points for Mississippi artists are some of the lowest in the country they really are now they're finally gardening there's some amazing talented artists who are who are their price points are going up and they deservedly you know 
should be that way. Right. But um, the new ones and some that just they just want to paint. Right. And that's what's the bottom line. They want to paint and they want to be able to to live and do that every day and not have to, not have to have two or three jobs. And who are some of your artists? Let's let's talk about the people you represent and yeah. the ones that you've had for a long time. Maybe some of the newer ones as right. well. Well, um, you know, lots of your Jackson listeners will know um, Ellen Langford. We've sure. had Ellen for quite a while now. And uh, we have uh, Lauren Dunn, who grew up in Leland, but she lives in Nashville now. So, you know, she... T- Big influence um, by Bob Tompkins, mm-hmm. a very established artist a lot of people know um, in the state. We have Key Francis, who just... Um, Returned to Tupelo. Yeah. Uh, it feels like yesterday. I think he's been back three or four years now. Um, he has taught me tremendous about the art world and museums and galleries and how some of these systems work. And, um, you know, I didn't know any better, so sometimes I just did what I thought was best and mm-hmm. didn't follow the rules. But anyway, <laughs> didn't know there were rules. But uh, let's see. We have um, a Cerambus artist we haven't had too long, uh, David Johnson. His father, I think, was in the military mm-hmm. and uh, lived several places in Mississippi, now lives in Memphis. And, uh, oh, talk about a hard worker. He's he's like key. They're working every day in their studio and just grinding it out every day. And Do you uh... – sell i know you sell keys uh paintings and visual pieces do you also sell his books every now and then we kind of you know books are hard you yeah, know, it's a, a very fine I'm just curious if that was. yeah we've sold some of his books and um sometimes we'll have them in the gallery sometimes not they are fine art books and you know we we would have gloves out for people to handle right. them just out of respect for the product itself and because you know you know, it's archival. We want to protect sure, it, sure. but um, we we sell it. Some, we might have a few on the on the website right now. I cannot recall, but mainly we have as a visual because it's such a niche. But we do have collectors that call us because they know that we can go to a studio. Yeah, get whatever and he lives needs. here, and you yeah, your gallery's here, and you have yeah. this relationship. With oh him. yeah, I talk to him all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, do you do you have shows? I mean, you do an opening night for each of your artist or do you just have kind of uh, we're just a little different because mm -hmm. of because we're we're not in a big metropolitan area to have you know an exhibit that's for two months and selling everything from the exhibit and all that kind of stuff we display our artist all the time okay so we have you know quite a bit of inventory up on the walls but um we'll have um featured artists quarterly and then sometimes monthly i see we do have one show a year and it's a smalls show and we small paintings small paintings yeah yeah so all the gallery artists are asked to participate in that and do small work and do small work because some may always do small pieces but there's some artists like key yeah he doesn't he does he does big (laughs) and so we try to um to do that at least that one once a year now we have an art box that we do quarterly and that's a big promo that we do for our artists. We'll have an art and wine dinner. We have a demo. Um, we're now having workshops with some of our artists. So we try to do different things than a traditional, per se, big city um, gallery. Just oh. because we just, we, I can't ask a, a artist to work on a huge collection, spend all that time, 
take up so much space in the gallery, and they sell one piece. Right. So. Well, so you do what works it. for you, you know. Yeah. Your, your format might be different than a Memphis gallery or a New Orleans gallery right. or a Jackson gallery. Yeah, so. yeah. Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I am in Tupelo uh, along with Larry Morrissey. We're recording a series of uh, arts hours here in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi at the Link Center, one of our great grantees at the Arts Commission. And we are grateful for the space and we appreciate being in Tupelo in northeast Mississippi and today my guest is Kim Karen. Welcome back, Kim. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So you've had this uh, gallery, and do you still have the frame shop? Yes, yes. So it's an art gallery and frame shop, downtown Tupelo, right. been in business for 10 years. Um, we've talked a bit about your different artists that you represent and kind of your business model, but what about the frame shop? Are you the only frame shop in town? No, there's another uh, custom frame shop. And then there's the, you know, big box yeah. framers that We're are around, too. Yeah. So, so just um, two sort of independent frame right. shops. Yeah. Uh, Unless there's another one I don't know yeah, of. No. but and, and she's been in uh, Village uh, village Frame. I'm glad to say it because she's, you know, still a friend. We, she helps me out when all of a sudden we need something ASAP yeah. and um, very, very kind and encouraging. So, um, yeah, you know, it just evolved. I worked in a frame shop. Okay. When I was in high school and college, All right. and so I knew, you know, had how to do most of it. I had to kind of freshen it up a little bit, but um, we just had, like I said early on, nobody wanted. They just wanted to canvas, right? And then they wanted to, you know, put their children up on the wall, and they wanted to have other options of um, a framer in town. And so we kept getting people asking about it, and I was like, well might as well you know start doing this and the artists were um or our clients wanted to frame those canvases and put a flutter frame around it or something like that and just it kind of grew from there so you your family came to tupelo because of the furniture industry right you, you told right. me earlier it's pretty interesting to me that the furniture industry is an enormous economic driver here in tupelo and mm-hmm. um <clears throat> the the furniture market and the different furniture businesses is a big deal. But you you have chosen a creative. Uh, so you're I see you as the Tupelo version of furniture to creative uh, industries. Um, so uh, and, and you decided some ten years ago to take a shot at a 
at a frame sh- frame shop in a gallery. Did you start with the frame shop or the gallery first? The gallery. The gallery. And later yeah. added it. Mm-hmm. In your life, did did you have a practice of going into a lot of uh, uh, art galleries and seeing how they were laid out and sort of thinking about their business plan, or was this a, sort of an idea you had and you just sort of made it up as you went? Right. Well, um, you know, when growing up, you know, I just just lived life, you know, as as a child, and, you know, we just played outside and, you know, <laughs> didn't travel because we lived so far away from our grandparents. Mm-hmm. So our vacations were traveling home to visit family. So we didn't go on lots of vacations and stuff, which is fine because we go and go to the farm or um, my um, cousins and see them and have have a great time. So it was like a vacation to me, and it was it was great. And so uh, once I got out of college and we got married and we started traveling, and um, I mean I had a I'd gone to art festivals. Really, the first art festival I went to was Gumtree Art Festival. And so, which is a great art festival. Yeah. So uh, we moved here in seventy-seven. Yeah. It's a juried festival, and right. Um, I think a lot of the artists who uh, come to Gumtree sell quite a bit. And I got to panel it one year, uh, and, and it was I was impressed with the quality of the art. In fact, I think the winner that year was a porcelain artist, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. There, um, it's it's a great festival. So I think that that was really the first time I was exposed. To mm-hmm. art was when once we Define moved art. here mm-hmm. and um, went to the, I think we moved here in 77. I think the year before was the first one mm-hmm. or maybe two years before that. I mean, it wasn't the Westbrooks um, were a huge um, uh, part of getting that started in, in Tupelo. And so, um, so as in, you know, junior high and high school, went to the art festivals uh, here locally, and then went to college and got exposed a little bit more because I want to do the photography. Right. And uh, but really going to um, museums, I think somewhat in college. I, you know, I did that when um, at Mississippi State, and um, and then once we got married and started traveling some, that was just something we would we we go to the museums and go to the galleries, and now it's to the point. My husband's like. <laughs> Can we leave, please? I'm like, okay. So uh, I only know I have a certain amount of time right. to go. But um, So your first gallery was at your home. Yeah. You started your own collection. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's just, um, you know, I did see that these galleries that I would go, uh, we would go to New York City or we would um, go to Dallas, and you would you'd walk up to the door and go, May I come in? Because <laughs> it's, you know, it it is a little threatening hmm. because there's art on the wall. It's very minimally displayed, which is mine is not. Right. And um, there's one person sitting behind the desk and you open the door and they just kind of look up at you. <laughs> and you're like, please, can I look? And, um, and I, you know, when I first opened, people would call and say, is there a charge to come in? Wow. And I'm like. Well, no, I'm a gallery, first of all, you. so I'm selling it. So please come in. I'm not going to charge you nothing unless you you, uh, you buy something. But, um, you know, it was that experience really influenced me on making sure that when they came to Karen Gallery, they would never have that feeling. That's interesting. So in your earliest experiences with galleries, there was sort of this standoffish Mm-hmm. unwelcoming feeling right. in the big city galleries. Big and city you knew galleries, for a yeah. fact that uh, when you opened your gallery up, it was not going to have that. It's not going to have that. I mean, determined, determined. Yeah. And so we're in an old building, 
there's the the brick walls and we've got you know a cable system to hang the art so we don't have to try to drill it into the in the brick and um it we stack them three tall and we try to display it so um we mix it up Mm -hmm. so in my house i'm not hanging all the same artists on the same walls it's not done that way at home. Right. Oh, of course and not. And so, and I understand why certain galleries do, you know, that's that's the model. That is the all international All this artist model. here, yes. all this artist there. And I don't do that. <laughs> but um, I want people to see that they can have a classic landscape next to a crazy figure mm-hmm. or an abstract. Right. Or mixed media. I mean, just to mix it up because you're going to do that at your house. Now, I tried to be respectful of each artist and their medium and make them at least work together. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how when I go to reset the gallery about once every four to six, eight weeks, um, how things that I would never think would work together. But as I'm trying to develop the walls and make it um, be pleasing to the eye and welcoming in the gallery, it's like, oh, my gosh, I never really thought that would be good together. And it's like, oh, that's that's so cool. Hopefully Teaching somebody yourself. will buy that. Teaching yourself interior designing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My guest today is uh, Kim Karen from the Karen Gallery downtown Tupelo. We are broadca- we're not broadcasting so much as we are recording here at the Link Center in Tupelo. Uh, if you're listening via podcast, welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. Today I am uh, happy to have uh, Kim Karen as my guest. Ten years in the art gallery business in downtown Tupelo. Uh, and I was going to ask you to sort of share how Tupelo has changed uh, the revitalization of downtown mm-hmm. and, and Tupelo, particularly in the downtown areas, in your time down there. Yeah. You know, when we um, first opened, and like I said, we had to beg to get that spot. But I knew as an art gallery we had to be downtown. That was just, I think, m- the most important aspect because um, downtown is – in most communities, it's walkable. Right. The people are walking around, and it's kind of heart of the of the community. So I felt like it was important to be downtown. So when we started, there was um, four lanes of traffic out front, very difficult to park. Mm. And um, the Downtown Main Street Association was working hard to make a change. They had um, the office or agency had been you know been there for a long time and had worked and worked trying to explain to people we've got to build our downtown if you have a good downtown a thriving downtown your community will be thriving all aspects of it and sometimes that's hard to um, sell to other other businesses in different parts of the community right but um from there they um fortunately with through the community development foundation and the Elvis uh, Foundation, the Birthplace, and the Downtown Main Street Association, they worked together to build and get grant money for the Elvis Trail from downtown Tupelo to the Birthplace. A walking trail. A walking and biking trail. And biking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably about a mile yep. trek over there. And um, they it, it took a long time to, to get that. And um, there were a lot of upset people, hmm. you know, downtown, even downtown, you know, businesses are like, you're taking a lane of road out because they wanted to have a, a bike and walking lane parking. And then they had a turning lane. So there's east so, and west So they had to redo lanes. the whole traffic had, schematic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And but it so, seems to be working just fine. Oh, it's been great. <laughs> In fact, um, just a couple of weeks ago, the mayor and city council are um, going to extend that um, another probably two or three blocks west in order to slow traffic down a little bit more. And that was the biggest thing. There's so many people now shopping downtown that they have to have a little bit of extend that safety zone because you would park in front of the downtown post office and you could easily get your side mirror oh, knocked off. Oh. oh, yeah. Just parking. Not not saying to open the door and take the door <laughs> off. <laughs> so it's, it's amazing once they got that and um, – it's allowed more of the tourists to stay longer mm-hmm. because they see, and there's more interactive um, things to do at the Elvis birthplace. And so they're growing and developing more and more things to do as a tourist, as a citizen in downtown. And uh, they say for Fair Park, uh, where uh, the city hall is, is now like Tupelo's front, front porch. Right. And so a lot of music festivals go on down there and events. And, That's where uh, the old fairgrounds were. Right. Where Elvis did his uh, concert in, in 57, I think. I knew it was in the 50s, but yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was 57. It was. <laughs> he did. Um, came home after his, yeah. his stardom yeah. began, played right. a big concert down there. And just in the past two years, the development there, because they had City Hall and some other places, but. Um, down there, some homes, but now more and more businesses are are developing and building on that property alone, and it's just so exciting to so see. So it's filling in the gap, really, between downtown Tupelo and East Tupelo, where the yes. birthplace is. Yeah, and there was uh, a big gap there. Where the there. trail is, yeah. There was, you know, it kind of felt Got like— Got Johnny's Drive-In down there. Yeah, and it's like, um, for a while there, I think, you know, the community in East Tupelo felt a disconnect because mm-hmm. there was such a— a span of empty land that wasn't developed and it's just slowly creeping that way. And it, they, I think they feel more a part of the community. Now they get a little frustrated because they have to be in that two lane traffic yeah. well, through downtown. Change is but hard. It is. It is. Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app.